Welcome to the CrossFit Engage podcast. Our goal is to share with you the success stories of our community and how they're living longer, healthier, and happier lives. Here we go. All right, I have the pleasure of sitting here with uh, Mike Bondi. Hey. What's up, dude? Hey, hey, hey. How those legs feeling? Oh, boy. They are cramped, cramped, cramped. Mike and I just finished a, uh, a pretty spicy leg workout together. I actually got to take the 4 o'clock class today. Um, that rarely happens, but Coach Becca hooked it up. and Chef's kiss. Yeah, and <laughs> I was able to uh, to participate with the group. So that was a lot of fun, man. It was. It was a good time. A lot of lunges. Mm-hmm. A lot of lunges. We did uh, – it was – let's – We'll kind of give some context here. It was a uh, 12-minute AMRAP. We did ascending by 25 feet of double dumbbell front rack walking lunges. Mm-hmm. Sandwiched in between that, I did the bike, which was That's awful. a terrible combo. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't recommend that at all. The roar wasn't too bad, but the bike, I imagine, would be yeah. – I would have died. Yeah. I got um, a little chicken legs. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was ascending by 25 feet, and then the rower was ascending by five, starting at five. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it worked was 25 feet, five cows on the row, 50 feet, 10 cows on the row, 75, and then 15, and so on and so on for 12 minutes. Where yep. did you uh, Where did you end up at on that one? Four rounds and – no, four or five rounds and then – just the walking lunges, like so, 125 walking lunges. So the yards. so the goal of this workout was to get to the 100 foot mark at the very least. I got that, which was the fourth round. Yep. And I think I got there like literally almost halfway in, and I was almost done with it. And I was like, "This is <laughs> how is this the goal? Like, yeah. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna blow past this." Yep. And then the fifth round hit. Yep. And the fifth round literally took me yep. just as long as the entire first four rounds. The 125, I just. The last 50, I just cooked it, and I was like, I'm going to pay for this. And, then, and like at one point, I went down and just sat there. I was like, I don't think I can get out of this. Okay, pick them back I was up. like, nope. I don't think I can do it. Uh, yeah, that was that was brutal. Legs are absolutely trashed mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bike, again, was was no savior in that, that workout mistake. at all. Big mistake. Oh, well. Oh, well. I will have to ask for a different scaling option yep, next yep, time. Yep. Uh, so, Mike, you've been, uh, you've been a member here now, and I don't know if you – if you knew this yet or not, it just came out in the newsletter, but you just crossed the 100 oh, I did. wad huh. mark. That's cool. Yeah, so hey, congratulations hey, on the 100 up. wad club. Yeah. <laughs> Golf clap. Round of applause for myself. Yeah, so we want to learn a little bit more about you. For the people that don't know you, maybe some of the members that uh, are in different classes, they don't get to see you as often, or if you're ever stuck in an elevator shaft and none of us <laughs> see you for very often. Help, help. <laughs> Let me out of here. We want to know a little bit more about you. So tell us uh, – a little bit about your background. Um, we'll start with what you do for a living. Okay. Um, start there. Uh, let's see. I work as a, they call it a building engineer, but it's technically just maintenance. Uh, it's The only difference is maintenance would be more for like apartments. And this is a commercial setting. So it's, there's three different properties. Uh, one is like retail front, which is brand new. I never have to do anything for it. And then the other two are linked by a bridge and it's, commercial office space so you got doctors lawyers and and which which firm is this that you work for uh it's fidelity real estate is the company okay and the the investors of the the owners of the building actually live in germany and i guess oh wow back in the 80s this group of germans came over and they're like they just bought half the city commercial properties and stuff so they've got like six or seven and i just so happen to be the maintenance guy at this one but Nice. Um, so, and you don't work the retail 
Okay, you work the nope. this other side. Yeah, I, I'll have to go over there every once in a while just to let people in or like if we're doing construction, I'll just kind of walk over there and make sure everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of where they are, need, where they need to be. But it's a brand new space, so it's it's pretty, you know, they redid the whole thing. Right. So it's it's pretty easy. So how did you get into that? So I worked in retail for a long time. When, well, when I moved to Nashville, I moved, fell flat on my face. I used to teach guitar and drums up in Michigan. I did it for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And made pretty good money. And it was like, do I keep doing this, move out of my parents' house and live in an apartment for the rest of my life? Or do I take a chance and move somewhere? And I graduated college and my best friend, Andy, he had, he was like, he dropped out of high school and kind of everything. And he came down here and got a job at a place called Bandit Lights. They run like all the, all the lighting rigs for, you know, WWE um, any concert you can think of. So wow. I was like, all right, I'll come down and get a job there. Well, he got fired like the <laughs> week I moved down. So I ended up just like walking around. Like I had enough save that I could be like, come on, bro. Yeah, you I know. I was like, last one idiot. more week. But, uh, <laughs> um, I ended up just going to the mall and I got a job as a waiter and they were like, you need a dress shirt. And I'm like, I don't own dress clothes. I'm like, I've taught guitar for the past 10 years. I don't, you know. So I want, I want to pause it right there for just a second. So when mm-hmm. you when you made the move, it was more so for your buddy who worked with this this lighting company yeah. for events I, versus I teach guitar and drums yep. and Nashville's kind of a hot spot for music. So going coming to Nashville, I knew I had it so good back home, I was going to hang that up. Like I was like, I'm, I've done that like 10 years is a long time. It was kind of taking the joy out of my hobby. Like, I love playing guitar. I love playing drums. And at that point, it became a job. And it was like I was teaching, you know, kids music and stuff like that. I'm like, eh, you know, it's not exactly what I want to be doing. Right. And then uh, I knew I was going to hang my head, head up there for that just because it was so good. Like, my boss was super cool, super lenient. I made my hours. It was just like as much as I wanted I could make and all that. And uh, Moved down here, we just I wanted just to do something totally different. And I'd visited Nashville a bunch of times and really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot smaller then though. So yeah. well, a big little town, I guess. Like it was everyone kind of knew each other. And how long have you been here? Sixteen years. Okay. So Yeah, much smaller then. Yep, yep. I don't know if you've ever seen the the skyline. Oh yeah. Uh evolution of, of Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane. From even I think like one of the photos online is like the twenty ten. Yeah. Uh, at one point, we counted 16 cranes downtown. We we're like, oh my just God. absurd. The yeah. amount of money and just one of the fastest growing cities in the nation mm-hmm. there for a little while. I don't know yep. if that stat it still rings true. Something like some odd people a, a week, and I was like, what? I don't even know that many people. <laughs> but <laughs> never met that many people in my no, life. I don't like. I count my family, everyone. I don't even know. You know, yep. ten. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so I worked in re- well. So I was looking for a dress shirt at the mall, and then I walked into Abercrombie and Fitch of all places. I was like, Hey, do you guys have dress shirts? She's like, yeah, what do you need one for? I was like, I'm going to be a waiter. She's like, no, you don't want to do that. Just work here. So that's how I ended up in retail. And you were a model there, right? Uh huh. I was the shirtless greeter on, uh, black Friday. Oh, nice. I sold my soul for $200, but then they taxed (laughs) it. So I ended up being like 50 bucks and I was making five something an hour because it was federal minimum wage. It's like, way down right so i made more when i was 16 than i did <laughs> at like 25 i'm like good lord but uh worked retail just kind of any armpit job i could find and then i was working at restoration hardware and my boss tara 
her husband is an electrician and she said would you ever do electrical work and I was like yeah I would I said that'd be something I'd be interested in I said I like fixing stuff and mm-hmm. you know the the job is just much more rewarding so ended up taking a job with him part-time at first until I got a restoration hardware and then went full-time and was six months into apprenticeship and they started sending me out on my own because it was I mean I was good at it because I'm real anal retentive and attention to detail and I present well that's what he used to tell me and I could communicate and blah 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 it wasn't a rough neck like most of them are so they sent me on a job I was by myself it was a the building I actually work at now uh I was installing fluorescent or taking out fluorescent lights putting LEDs in love the irony of this by yeah, the way no, it's crazy isn't it and then uh Climbed up a ladder up in the ceiling, was doing the last light, and my boss always said, you have to do it hot because you'll learn to respect it. Well, it was 277, like 50 amp or something like that, and it just, somebody forgot something in 1984, and I found it. (laughs) And it cooked me. So it blew up my right hand, took out three tendons, and then went across my chest and then out my other hand. So I had skin graft, stitches on my left, and then reconstructive surgery on my right with stitches all over so pretty wild but that took me out of commission for about a year you survived that though. yeah yeah yeah. probably will not they said it was like a 20 10 to 20 percent survival rate no i got it yeah (laughs) immortal now yeah yeah yeah. i said i'm powder (laughs) but uh yeah so after that i took like a i tried to go back after six months of physical you know healing and all that and that was they told me they're like yeah your hands are never going to be the same you'll get maybe 30 percent back and i was just like i remember sitting playing my guitar with just limp you know i taped the guitar pick to my hand i'm just playing i'm going like this is what defined me for 30 right. years and now i can't do it and i just remember sitting there bawling being like what am i gonna do now? that's that's tough yeah but could I, you still uh could you still make chords on the left hand or? I, it was just like because the guitar neck would sit right there, right, right. on that skin graft. So I would just kind of like limp hand it. And yeah. it just, it wasn't working. And the doctor was like, yeah, you'll be lucky if you get, you know, 40% back. And I think he just told me that to kind of light the fire under me, to take him serious. Right. But I was like, oh, I took it as a challenge. I'm like, oh, I'm getting them back. I said, I don't care what you say. I'm getting them back. Like, nice. if I have to get robots or something, it's like, <laughs> I'm getting them back. But uh, in the end, I only lost... I think they said 2% disability, so it's just like a little bit of nerve damage on my thumb and then my pinky. Like if you tap it, it's a little weird, but yeah, other than that. Incredible. But then the mind stuff started. So I went back to electrical work for about two weeks, and I got a little tiny prick shock again, just like in a wall outlet. So it was just 120, but it just sent me into a spiral. I went home, and I had a home gym at the time, just like a little CrossFit rig. And I had an air bike, and I was just air biking. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't feel good. So I just stopped and went in, went to bed, woke up in the night, and I felt like I was having a heart attack. Like my left arm went numb, my chest started burning, my jaw got locked, and I looked up WebMD, and, of course, I'm dying. Yeah, never, first of all, (laughs) never do that. No, no, no. Red flag number one. So it said I was having a heart attack, and I'm like, you know, maybe the electricity, maybe they missed something. You know, I was like, I don't know. Like, this is a probably seven eight months after like it would have shown up by then and uh i was before that i was having night terrors and all that stuff like thinking it was happening again i wake up out of the night like you know screaming and carrying on and so i 
woke up my fiance at the time. I'm like, hey, call 911. I'm dying. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I'm like, no, I think I am. This is it. Like, this is a wrap for me. I'm having a heart attack. So she called 911, and they took me to the hospital, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. They're like, are you overdosing on drugs? I'm like, no. I was like, I've never done anything crazy like that in my life. And they're just like, well, you're low potassium. I'm like, that's impossible. I eat like 10 bananas a day, and yeah. <laughs> spinach and uh, sweet potatoes and all that. And they're like, do you drink caffeine? I'm like, yeah, a little bit. And they're like, do you drink a lot of water? I was like, yeah. They're like, you're probably losing it that way. I was like, oh, okay. And then they just gave me paperwork on panic attacks. And I was wow. like, this is what like famous people have. I was like, <laughs> or like soldiers. I was like, I knew that. And they're like, have you experienced any trauma lately? I was like, oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, as a matter <laughs> yeah. of fact. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm one of about 10% yeah. that actually survived this. And then my mom, she's a nurse, but she's she's pretty, you know, cut and dry and kind of morbid in a sense like she sends me this pamphlet that's like what do you expect when you've been electrocuted like what do you you know what your experiences are after it's like feel worthless you want to kill yourself oh <laughs> it's my just God. Like, i'm like thanks mom thanks, she's mom. like well i know you're going through something i'm like Appreciate that's pretty much up. it <laughs> <laughs> so after that i took a year off of just work in general and just was going to therapy and i had to get a lawyer and you know, not to go into too much, but it was for the insurance company. They tried giving me a check that was like nothing. I'm like, like it didn't even cover the medical. I was like, you're yeah, nuts. And I'm yeah, like, no. and I was like, with 2% damage, I'm entitled to something. So I ended up getting a lawyer and got that all solved. And luckily my fiance at the time, you know, we had just bought a house together and, you know, she made enough money that she's like, it's cool. Just, you know, get right, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And then, That's oh, it. so I was sitting at home, and then uh, the guy I was working at the building for, his name is Chris. He's the leasing agent or something like He's like the head honcho underneath the Germans. I always got along with him, peas and carrots. Everyone's like, oh, he's real hard to work for. And I'm like, I like him. He's He just likes what he wants, and he wants it now. Like, if he says it, just drop it and go do whatever you need to do. And um, he called me up. He's like, hey, would you – like to be a maintenance man i was like i've never done maintenance but i'm sure i could he's like oh any idiot can do it he goes he goes i promise you you'll get it and uh yeah he just threw me to the wolves and i figured it out and i mean i've it's the best job i probably ever had it pays well everyone is super well but some of the tenants are a little like but yeah, yeah uh you know i work with chris and then hunter who's the basically the property manager she's 20 something but Real sweet girl. Mm -hmm. um, she's like my younger brother's age. I call her my little sister, but um, and that's that's pretty much it. That's so cool, man. That's and then cool. there's a security guard too. But <laughs> so the the elevator shaft. Yes. How did you specifically end up in that that gig where you're working on elevators now? I know you kind of told us how you yeah. evolved into this company, but I always say I get merit badges. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times, like we'll have, you know, contract workers come in or like vendors come in, like an elevator company will come in or HVAC company will come in or even electricians sometimes if the job is kind of like the scale is so big that I just don't have time to do it. But I'll be watching over their shoulder kind of the whole time. Like, Oh, that's how that works. And then if it does break down, I'll kind of sit there and either just take it apart or figure out how it kind of works. And I'm like, all right, this does this, this does that. Well, it came up that we had to do a, modernization of the machines like the equipment that lifts the elevators up and down and all the 
circuitry and then the hydro uh what do they call hydraulic pumps and we had to do that in the garage first and we had an electrical company come in to bid to run the conduit all the way up and i was like they wanted like 23 grand and i was like that, that mm. seems high and mm. i was like i think i can do it. and i sat there and punched it out and i was like materials like five grand and i was like i can do it for and i told him i was like this is what i'll do it for he's like you got it you got it so i took that on it was a big job i mean it took me I think I worked 80 hours, two weeks in a row, just like I was there all the time. But Yet again, why we don't see Mike very often. <laughs> yeah. He's incredibly just valuable whoosh, as, as an slave asset to his, to his company. Yeah. yeah, I think elevators are, are one of the things that you just commonly yeah. uh, overlook. Yep. Everybody just gets in them and expects them mm-hmm. to just work perfectly. And I think a huge fear of everybody is like, what if yeah. I do get stuck in one of these things? And, and you're stuck down there all day long. Like inspectors and everything like that, the people that come through, that they are no joke. Like if you don't button up everything, they're like, they'll find it too. And it's like even the smallest little, like if there's a hole anywhere, they're like you got to fill that and da, 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 da. But um, we did have a, you know, the, the company that we have a contract with, TriStar Elevator, they, they were there the whole time. But anything that was kind of out of their scope, um, I had to do anywhere from, you know, I was down in a pit. It's like the bottom of the elevator shaft. And it's a pit where our HVAC system, the whole big system runs and drains in. So it fills up with water. Well, you have to have a pump system that pumps that out all the time. And it has to be like 100 gallons per whatever. Well, our pumps were bad. <laughs> so I had to pull those all apart. And I'm like, oh, I'll fix them. And I ordered a bunch of parts, fixed them. And then my boss just goes, I don't know why you're fixing them. He's like, just buy two new ones and stick them in there and we're done with it. He's like, you'll never, but I was like ankle deep in just sludge Uh. or knee deep in sludge water. And then to get down to the pumps, I'd almost have to like lay in this sludge water and reach down, you know, up to my neck, basically, it just been it was nasty, Ugh. and it stunk. It was just. I was gonna say it's probably something on like dirty job. Yeah, or oh, it, I felt like Mike Raw was just like it's a dirty job, <laughs> but somebody's got to do it. Yep, somebody's got to yep. do it. That's cool, man. So, yeah. so you got that gig in Nashville. You now you live in Dixon now. Mm-hmm. Yep. You commute back and forth from Dixon every day. Yep. Uh, you have a couple different uh, unique pieces of transportation that you use to commute with. Tell us yep. a little bit about those. So. Got the truck, bought a brand new truck, first new car in my life uh, three years ago. And then I always wanted a motorcycle since I was a kid. Um, I just, I saw this movie called On Any Sunday. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's a motorcycle movie. It's just like Steve McQueen cruising around right. on uh, his dirt bike and stuff. I was like, oh, I want one. But um, right before I got electrocuted, I was set up to get one. I was going in to sign the contract the next day or, you know, the paperwork and all that stuff and I had this one picked out and had to call him because I got electrocuted the oh, day before. I was like, hey, man, bummer. I won't be in there. He's like, oh, bummer. okay. But and, then, and what were you going to pick up? What was your what was the bike of choice? The same one I have now, just in yellow. So yeah. I got an orange one. It's a Ducati, Ducati Scrambler. Yep. 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 Love that bike. Yeah, it's fun. It's a yeah. good time. Yeah, but it looks cool. Um, so you've never ridden bikes before that. Nope. And now you took one, one of the main means of transportation. Least in the summertime when it's nice. I'm a baby when it comes to the cold. Everyone's like, "You're from Michigan. You should be." I'm like, "No, I'm acclimated. Yeah. I, I hate the cold." <laughs> yeah, no. But you, you get accustomed to the heat and the mm-hmm. humidity down here yep. very quick. Mm-hmm. Don't have a don't have a choice really. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So the bike. I mean, I I think the bike's yeah smart. 
mm-hmm. right now, I think, uh, for gas prices and, yep. and, you know, reasons like that. Yep. Uh, it's also incredibly fun. Yeah. I right? call it wind therapy. Wind therapy. Yep. If you're having a bad day, just get on there and, and you're like, it's, you have to focus kind of on, you can't really drift. Like my problem is if I have idle time, that's when I get in my head and anxiety, depression, it all creeps in. And then I'm like, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> oh, what was me? Get out there and get some wind therapy. Yep, yep. So, so tell me a little bit about. I want to almost completely shift gears now. Oh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your fitness background mm-hmm. prior to coming here a little bit over a hundred classes ago. Yep. Now, uh, because when you first got here, you moved really well, and mm-hmm. you still move really well. And mm-hmm. I think if anybody has has seen you in classes yet, I would argue probably one of the best movers that yeah, we've got so yeah <laughs> gotta yeah. be good at something yeah kudos to you on that <laughs> yeah. one that's uh that's huge in terms of your development here is, mm-hmm. is you know moving correctly first i mean it's mm-hmm. one of the number one priorities but uh what was your experience or your exposure to crossfit prior to coming here and then how long had you done that so i started i was always a really skinny guy and I would watch my dad like every day when he got home from work before bed, he'd do like 50 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, jumping jacks, whatever. And I'll, he's like, yeah, you got to move it or lose it. He goes, I'll tell you anything at my age. He goes, you just got to keep doing something. I was like, all right. And that stuck with me. So then I got like a little barbell set, like the little tiny cap one, you know, and I had a little bench and I had no I had idea. one what, of those. Yep. And then I had a chin-up pull-up bar and I was like, oh, I'm really good at these because I'm so skinny. And then... uh just did that for a while. I got this Bruce Lee book. Um, it was like his workouts, just like his wife compiled them all. And I just remember reading that and being like, oh, he's really skinny too, but he's ripped. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And picked up some stuff from there. And then in college, I was like so many credits short to getting my degree in art. <laughs> is that what your degree is in? Worthless, really? worthless degree. I just went so long that I was just like, I went to my counselor. I'm like, what can I get? She's like, you're like five credits away from a general or you can get an art if you take like a gym class and a math class. I was like, sign me up. Sign me up. Yep. That's cool though. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My medium was like video and um, photography. Like I used to take pictures and I'd enter them in like to the local whatever and win. And then was that a little side hustle while you were in school? Yeah, it was fun. Like I used to take silly pictures of my younger brother. My younger brother didn't have his front teeth for a long time, so I could just <laughs> take a picture of him doing whatever, and people loved it. But just, just endless content yep, on that yep, one. Totally. Were you into? Uh, did you ever do like videography? Yeah. Um, did you get into the editing side of it? Yeah. Uh, my friends and I had a little like video production crew. That's what we called it. But it was just three of us with a camera and a crappy editing system. But we made a short film, short comedic film, and I wouldn't even call it a film. It's just a video. But um, we got into a film festival and won Best Comedic Short. Really? It wasn't anything but like a little like, yeah. you know, clap and nice job. And it played at the State Theater in Bay City, Michigan. So it was just some rinky thing. Hometown hero. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. But uh, So is that uh, is that still out there? Can people find that anywhere? The original, the one that, one is not it was on myspace video and you can't get any of that stuff but we do have a youtube channel that's we haven't posted in 14 years probably and then my personal youtube page 
this is how long ago this was. I was posting guitar videos and instruction and stuff, uh-huh. and one of my videos has like over 300,000 views. Wow, I, dude. I hit it just right time. There was a song that it was a White Stripe song, okay. and I just sh- made it to show my friend Andy, who was living in California at the time. The like, one hey. who got fired yep. from the, yeah, from he the was, lighting crew. At the time, he was living in California with his girlfriend, and uh-huh. I was just like, yeah, I'll send you a video on how to play it. And then all of a sudden, it was like, gangbusters it was like whoa look at all these views but uh google emailed me and said we want you a part of our adsense and i was like what they're like you have to do this every month and i'm like huh like didn't i i'm like no i didn't know what it was yeah and then years later my friend josh was like hey how much do you make off those videos he's like i've never gotten a cent he's like you're not in adsense i was like what's that he's like they pay you like a cent or whatever per view i'm like I said, I remember getting an email about it, but I never, he's like, you idiot. (laughs) He's like, you probably left twenties of dollars on the table (laughs) or whatever it was. But wow. Yeah. So I, but then again, it was like technology just evolved so fast. And then I was living here. I was broke, like flat broke all the time. So I like, I needed to get a new camera. I needed new editing stuff. Like I was doing it on like a Dell, like a 97 Dell. It was just like bad. And I had this, uh, DV tape recorder, and it was like if you open the viewfinder, it just shut off, and it was like I, you'd have I to would look venture through. to say though, if you were if you were capable of doing it back then, mm-hmm. if you were to ever pick that back up mm-hmm. nowadays, I think yeah, you would you and would. My friend Andy and I always very quickly. We always have great ideas, just like funny stuff, but the attention span of people has changed a lot too. Like they want quick, yes. and. Um, cause we used to kind of do like longer format, like five minute things. I mean, longer nowadays. But uh, well, and that, that's yeah. still like mm-hmm. watching a, a marathon now yeah, yeah. for most people. Yep. But my friend Andy is such a character and like, I, c- I would just direct him to do stuff like what, and he was game for it. He was just like, I don't care. But, uh, yeah, we, t- we talk about getting back into it and, but again, it's just life when you hit a certain age, it's just like, all you do is work, eat, sleep, and you're a little bit of hobbies, whatever you have. And. You know, he's got his girlfriend, and he's got, like, a billion dogs. So, all yeah. German Shepherds and Huskies. So, yeah. he's always doing something like that. But someday. They, they keep him really busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, art degree, you were working out. You had to took a gym class to get that, to finish up those five credits. Yep. And the, then I do want to talk about your dog after this. The gym but. class was circuit training, and it was a Nautilus gym. So, the old school, like, chains. Yes. And they they had a 60-minute timer or 60 second and it would beep every 40 and then you'd have 20 no, basically Tabata, I mm-hmm. guess it's called, right? Yep. So yep. you do 40 on the machine, 20 rest forty, and it was just like, you just kept going. I mean, that would be, it would be more like a modified Tabata, yeah, but yeah. the same general concept. Mm-hmm. They're just interval work to rest ratio. And these were, different I mean, these things were dinosaurs. They were like 1970 something. The pads were all wore out. Oh, wow. Cables were all rusted. It was just like a chain. It wasn't even, a waiver to get in pretty much. Yeah. That was our college gym. I'm sure it's all nice now, but I, I want some of that gear. Like it's, it was cool. Like there's machines I'd never even seen before, but then I did the whole Globo thing. Um, but gym culture changed a lot too. Like when I first started, it was like, you go and hang out and like your friends and you'd be doing something and someone would come up behind you and spot you without even asking. Mm-hmm. And then it just changed into this, like you got your beats on, you're pissed off looking and just kind of like, you know, I was like, no one's in, nice. Like in your own little world. Yeah. You don't smile anymore. Like, yeah. how are you doing? It's just like, mm. so then I ended up 
you know, I, I was watching the CrossFit, like I, when I was sitting home a lot, I started, you know, researching different methodologies. Like I would looked at powerlifting. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not built for that. <laughs> as much as same, I like, yeah, I was same. like, as much as I like deadlifting and, you know, bench pressing. Um, but then I also got really heavy into kettlebells and I was like, I was going to get certified in it. And I found this older guy named Steve Maxwell. He was like the first kettlebell guy to be certified by the Russians. But then he had these DVDs of mobility. You know, he did the 300 workout with the kettlebell and I got the 300 movie came out. I was like, oh, I can do that. But uh, that's, it's and like I a. Think, I think that was my first yep. introduction into any circuit style yep. training whatsoever yep. it was when the movie 300 came mm -hmm. out that 300 workout yep because yep. it was out. like <laughs> yes and and my best friend dylan and i were at um we were at dixon athletic at mm -hmm. the time it's probably 2008 i think uh that was i don't i don't know the year that it yeah. came out but i remember in probably nine or ten mm -hmm. was when we started that that workout mm -hmm. and that's what kind of got the bug rolling yep. for me where I was like, why am I out of breath? <laughs> Same. Like, this is really weird. Cause I was chest, yeah. chest tries every day, yeah. chest tries buys. I never worked legs in my life. I was like back, I'll do pull-ups and rows and that's it. And then saw the 300 workout, saw a little bit of CrossFit, watched the CrossFit games. Like these guys are onto something cause they're all jacked. I was like, Oh shit. And then they could run and all that. But I was taking, you know, I had that, I had this force, dvd set of mobility and it was just like drills and drills and drills and i would just sit there in my living room and just roll around on the floor and my fiance well girlfriend at the time she's like what the hell are you doing i'm like leave me be yeah, leave me be but that's where all my kind of mobility and stuff like that came from i remember i could always deep squat but like with my shoulders my back like i was doing every day i was doing probably 25 30 minutes of it yeah but, and I think that's one thing that people just assume because we both are naturally mm -hmm. uh, ectomorph type mm -hmm. body type, but basically thinner frame, mm -hmm. whatever, that we're a little bit more limber mm -hmm. than most. And, and I recall doing the same thing. Like yeah. I've spent a lot of time mm -hmm. just holding positions and shapes that yep. now are – beneficial yeah, to yeah. you know the methodology that yep. we do mm -hmm. training that full range of motion and it's helped mm -hmm. it's helped but it, nothing has come just naturally i would yeah, say yeah. that and i think you probably experience yeah. the same thing yep. with the with the mobility and i remember just thinking like some stuff i was just like oh and in training i found in general i always lean towards what i'm good at versus what i'm bad i'm just that's like human nature though I'm yeah not doing everybody that. yes but i'd find something that was crunchy and i'd be like I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried learning the splits for a long time. I was probably six inches from sideways. Yeah, I, I, I've never had the uh, the temptation to yeah. try to sit down. I always wanted to. Like, that was a goal of mine, but it's kind of fizzled out over the yeah. years. I get Someday. why it's beneficial, but... It I'm going to ask Riley, hey, show me how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks too painful to yeah. me. But, um, so, you're watching the CrossFit Games. Mm -hmm. When was your first time actually stepping into a box? Was that here? I went to another gym uh, in Bellevue. My girlfriend at the time, ex-fiance, whatever, she joined, I won't even say the name, but they, they had a name. They can remain anonymous. Yeah. That's fine. It was like CrossFit light. That's what I called it. Because it was just like 
it wasn't it wasn't challenging enough, I guess. And I'm like, yeah. Like they had the same methodology, just like for old people. That's what I felt like, and it was great right. for some people, just because you know. Just wasn't where you were yeah, at yeah. the moment, and it was really really expensive. I'm like, <laughs> like. So I just kept doing my home gym thing. And then I started going to CrossFit.com and just cherry picking. Like yeah. I would do my normal kind of, I'd do bench one day, you know, chest, back, you know, bench, deadlift, squat, front squat. And then would cherry pick whatever thing looked good. I remember, so when I had first started CrossFit too, it was about 2010. I mm. I had dabbled in it. I had done like a workout or two here or there in high school. Mm -hmm. And then in that same year, I graduated in the fall. I went to college. When I got to college, uh, my roommate and, and I, one of my buddies, mm -hmm. um, we did our first workout ever was Cindy. Mm -hmm. And I remember like seven and a half, almost eight minutes in, I quit. I threw <laughs> up. Like it was <laughs> terrible. Like, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And long story short eventually i came back around i was like i'm gonna finish this workout mm -hmm. i don't care what happens like so i went the full 20 minutes and then we started that that was kind of the where it started getting addictive i mm -hmm. guess and we would yep. every night we would be like oh wonder what the workout is for tomorrow and so we'd look at we would look at dot com and then we would pick the workout up mm -hmm. and and we would start adding it in so mm -hmm. we did the same thing like mondays and thursdays we yep. do Chest and tries, Tuesday, yeah, Friday, back and buys. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows the bodybuilding routine. So that's what we would mm -hmm. do. And then to supplement that, we started adding in these dot-com workouts. Mm -hmm. Then we would start just finding ourselves like that's all we would do. But yeah. we were like, there's no way that's all that these that, – and this was how ignorant we were at the mm -hmm. time about CrossFit. But this was back in 2010. Right, so right. It, it, was it was just yeah, kind of like – Catching ground. Catching like it was, some ground. Yep, yep. Yeah. And we were like, there's no way yeah. that this is all these guys are right. doing. Because they're like, just like. Yeah. The workout houses. was like eight minutes or mm -hmm. something. I was like, we have to do something else. Little did we know, mm -hmm. even in that eight minute span, if we would have done it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> if we would have modified like we should right. have and gotten, I don't know. I mean, arbitrarily, let's say we got seven rounds instead mm -hmm. of two. Right. That would have been a completely <laughs> different workout. And we probably would have been good for the yeah, rest yeah. of the day. But yeah, I, I. I remember we cherry picked those a lot yeah, as yeah. well too. I'd be so. like, mm, that one's not fun. I'm not doing. I'm not <laughs> doing that. I'll do that one. It looks a little. But I like sandbagged it. I was just like, I didn't understand like a time cap. I was just like, I'll just go to. I'm finished. It'd be like 30 minutes. Yeah. And it'd be a 12 minute time cap. I'm like <laughs> sitting there like, this CrossFit ain't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Two completely yeah, different yeah, workouts. Yeah. Um. So tell me a little bit then about. That didn't really pan out for you in Nashville. It just wasn't. You were too good for that. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was just like. Uh, no. Yeah. So so then you find yourself. You were back in Dixon. Is this the so? First? This is this is when I was living in Kingston Springs. Okay. I had the full, like a full size rig, and then her and I ended it. And I was like, well, got to be an adult now. So I was like, either a rent an apartment. And I was like, I don't want to do because everything was so expensive. And I was like, my mortgage could be cheaper. And it was either Clarksville or here. And I hated Clarksville. I was like, yeah. So moved out here, found a house. Perfect. Had a basement, everything that I needed and bought a smaller rig. Was doing my own thing again. And then because I'm so removed from Nashville, like where all my people were, mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone out here. So I got real lonely, real depressed. And I was like, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to do something 
now. Like I was mm-hmm. going bonkers. Yeah. A couple times took me to the hospital. Uh, the psych ward. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Did two, 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 uh, two one week stints in there. Wow. They fifty one fit to me twice. <laughs> Golly, man. Yeah. So spent some time in Columbia, Tennessee, not by choice, and it's Oof. expensive. Yeah. I had to pay for that. Still am, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it needed to happen. It, you know, I was, I was sinking pretty quick and mm-hmm. I was, I'd hit rock bottom, like rock, mm-hmm. rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not to get too crazy, but I mean, I tried taking my own life twice and wow. it was like first time I just said it and then tried to, I just chugged a bottle of vodka, just like screw it. And then like I wrote a note and everything and oh, left it on the man. counter, left enough food out for the dog. And then the second time I actually tried it. And the cops booted in the door and found me and blah, blah, blah. And Thank you, law enforcement. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they took me down to Columbia and chilled there for a while. I mean, it was absolutely bonkers. Like, you can imagine. I've got stories for days. That could oh, yeah. be a whole other podcast on yeah. that. Well, hopefully it goes without stating. We are very uh, glad, very yeah. fortunate, very blessed to have you yeah. sitting here in front of us. So, yep. um, otherwise, we I'm, would, I'm super stoked to be here. We so. wouldn't know yeah. about Bondi, but... <laughs> so, um, yeah, so tell us about you knew you had to do something. Yeah. So I took jujitsu a while ago. Like this is probably ten years ago and liked it, but it the gym that I went to it was like they would just throw you at the wolves and it, I didn't like I mean, I was getting tore up. Like I'd come home, like I'd have like tennis elbow. You know, they'd pair me like hundred and fifty pounds with like a two hundred and eighty pound guy and he'd just crush me. I'm like, I'm uh, dying. Uh, there's a certain extent where I don't think belt color matters no, anymore at that point. Right. They're just like, yeah. just just crush him. But I had bruised ribs. I mean, it was rough. And uh, everyone says, just keep going, just keep I'm like, I literally can't. Yeah. But my job was physical enough at the time. So, but, you know, back in Dixon, I was talking to my therapist, all that stuff. She's like, you need to get out, get a, you know, get out of your house because I was just training by myself. Go to work, wouldn't really talk to anyone, get home, not really talk to anyone, talk to the dog, and that's about it. Right. He's even like, yo, you got to get something. <laughs> the dog yeah, is he's like, you. damn, dude. But, uh, yeah, it started just just Googled. Like, I there's an MMA gym in town. And I was like, I could do that. But I'm like, eh, I'm 30. I think I was 35 at the time. I'm like, what am I going to do? Go fight? I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, it's still fun. Like, I would do it. Like, I might go check it out eventually. But then I saw, you know, CrossFit Engage. And I said, so I drove by one day. I was like, peeking in the yep, window. Did the old peek in. I'm like, wow, there's there's quite a few people. I didn't, you know, I was like, how many people in Dixon do CrossFit? I was like, there can't be many. And I drove by. I was like, whoa, if you build it, they'll come. Yeah. And then uh, I think I emailed you or something, and you're like, yeah, come in. And I came in. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. And uh, I was super intimidated just because, you know, I don't know. It's just intimidating, I think, coming into a new environment, not knowing anyone. Like, I'm an introvert, extrovert. Like, once I get to know everyone, I'll tell you anything. But at first, I'm just kind of like, mm, just yeah. observing everything. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's probably one of the number one things that we hear the most is mm-hmm. that um, it's it's intimidating walking yeah. in the front door. And, yep. and we get that. We yep. know that it is. And we know why you would think that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the hardest step. Yeah. And yeah. I think once people get in the door, and that's what's so – uh, cool to see about we now we didn't do this when you first joined mm-hmm. but we do this bring a friend week thing now yep. and so when people come in now they're like 
that was actually fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't die. Right. And everybody was super nice. Mm-hmm. And nobody's like, you know, thought it was weird that yeah. I either finished really fast or, mm-hmm. you know, was maybe one of the last ones working. Mm-hmm. Either way, it didn't matter. Um, yep. Getting through that, that door, that first step was the hardest part. Yep. And then the workout. <laughs> even the even the like the first three that we did and i was still in a in a spot in my head where it was like i'd have real bad panic attacks i remember those and uh, <laughs> and, and you've come a oh i yeah. want i want to acknowledge how far you've actually come mm-hmm. even just in 100 classes cuz yeah. you don't have those anymore no i haven't had one in it was a long time and the last time that it happened actually was the medication i was on it it was too wonky and i was on my motorcycle and had to pull over and had to call my friend andy to come get me yeah he had to drive the motorcycle it was like total it was bad but so i remember coach tommy was like i was doing well the first you know you saw i went outside beelined it i just sat out there i was like just don't panic don't panic Mm -hmm. but i was like you've got this you've got this and then i calmed down and came back and i was like I'm calling it a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, somebody told me around here, they're like, yeah, we didn't think you were coming back. I was like, oh, I knew I had to come back. Yeah. So I signed up for just, I think, one month. I was like, I'll just give it a shot. And then I was bad at running, and I wanted to quit. Like we were running the, I think the, not the full lap, but half. Was, was it a 400? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And uh, Coming I, up Forever Ridge right there. Yep, yep. And uh, I just remember running – and the head in my voice was like, you can't do this. You can't do it. And I just, you know, I'm thinking in my head, you're going to have a heart attack. You're gonna, and I'm just like, shut up. You, you're fine. Like, yeah. look around you. There's people of all different sizes, shapes, ages, whatever, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. So you'll be fine. Just keep going. And it like, that week it clicked. And that's when it kind of like really stuck for me. And then I remember Coach Tommy was just like, he told me, uh, what's the guy's name? Crossfitter. He's he's a firefighter. He's European. I think he's Finnish, maybe. Uh, Miko. Yes. Miko he, yep. Tommy, and I knew this, like I watched the video. Miko's like, yeah, I'll never lay on my back. Because he said when an animal's dying, they, and I was like. Submissive position. Yep. And yeah. I was laying on my back, and Tommy told me that. And I was just like, he's right. And I rolled over. <laughs> yeah. I've never laid on my back since. And yeah. ever since then, it's just like there's little tweaks I'll find along the way. Like, okay, okay, okay. Like, don't think that way. And it's changed my mindset completely, which is. And I know. think, you know, stuff like that is not something that we require. And I and I would have to go back and double check. I, I know Miko is, uh, is a huge mindset guy. I yeah. want to say Josh Bridges might yeah. be the one that actually said Because it was those core like the core celebrities that I really yep. Yep. like Josh Bridges, Jason, Rich, obviously, um, Miko. I loved Beardo. What's his name? The uh, guy. Tuke Luke, uh, Lucas Parker. Oh yeah. 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 Big Luke Beardo. Yeah. But you know, kind of back to that saying of, mm-hmm. you know, the lying on your back is, is a submissive position. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that we require. Yeah. Of a lot of anybody, really. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a lot of value in having that mindset mm-hmm. because it shows kind of where your limit is mm-hmm. and what you're willing to succumb to and what you're willing to let mm-hmm. your mind tell you to do versus what you're going to tell your body to do. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a when you can grasp that, mm-hmm. 
and it sounds kind of little. It sounds kind of yeah. dumb. Mm. But having that mindset and that approach and that application mm-hmm. towards everything that you do yeah. means that it literally does not matter how yeah. much pain you're in, how much you're suffering. Maybe mm. it's not even physical. Mm. Whatever. You will get to the other side yeah. of it because it's something else that that Josh Bridges has said mm. before is that no matter what, there's a start and a finish. Mm-hmm. You're going to finish at some point, you know? And so the, the one thing that nobody can stop is time, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's going to be a beginning. There's going to be an end. Yep. So if you can make it to the end, you're good. Yep. You know, so you're I need golden. To do. Yeah. And they, I always say it's not the end that's the most important. It's the journey along the way. That's, mm-hmm. that's the more important because you're learning all the different things like – um, and that's one thing for me, like my therapist will always be like, what is one good thing you can say? I'm like, nothing. She's like, no, there has to be something. I'm like, uh, I was like, well, I don't give up easy. Like, even if I try something and fail at it, I'll regroup and then try it again until I get it. Cause I cannot let it go. If I'm willing to attempt it, I know I can do it. And it's just like, you know, like when it comes to fixing a car, like I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can, I know, like I know my limits where I'm like, I don't know, but. There's some stuff I'm like, oh, I can, and I'm cheap too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying somebody else to do that. Right. Well, like I said, the the hurdles that you've jumped to get to where you're at right now and the progress that Thank you've you. made in these past 100 classes that we've had the pleasure of having you in yeah. are amazing. Well, thank and, you. And yeah. you, have, you. I couldn't have, have done it without you guys. You have done really really well thank you thank you not just inside of our four walls but handling you know mm-hmm. everything that you've you've gone through and everything that you've been through yeah outside of these it's four walls wild. as well so yeah and like you said we could probably have a whole another podcast yeah, yeah. on some true, other stuff true. but we are going to go ahead and try to try to wrap this up here right. but i do have a couple quick questions for yeah. you my favorite color black no <laughs> <laughs> this is not a this is not an aa meeting or anything yeah. like that i do remember <laughs> your foundations when we get everybody together and we're like you know, introduce everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, my name is Mike. And I've been Hi, my name is Mike. <laughs> and I have a problem. I'm addicted to CrossFit. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what is the number one, if you remember, what is the number one biggest piece of coaching advice that you have received since you've been here? That's a good question. It's kind of been a little bit of everything from everyone. Like every coach Amanda is really good at just being like, push the pedal, stop, like quit taking breaks. And I'd be like, Oh, she's right. Yeah. I can do more. I'm just quitting a little early just she's, to catch a breath. And she's, she's like, a, pick it up. She's I'm intense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with a purpose though. Yep. Yep. Very, very, uh, it makes sense mm-hmm. why she wants you to move. Yep. Yeah. She, she would never ask you to do anything that she, uh, wouldn't expect you to do mm-hmm. or, or saw that you were capable of mm-hmm. doing, but yes, very intense. So I agree with that. And Justin would always kind of give me tips for scaling because he and I are kind of not the same fitness level, but you know, that's kind of our times are about the same, no matter how we scaled it or whatever. But he mm-hmm. would just be like, he'd come to me like, don't go too heavy on this one. I'm like, even though in my mind I'm looking at it like, I could probably do that. And I'm like, glad I didn't. Cause I would have died. Yeah. <laughs> And then you and Becca, I call you guys the technicians because <laughs> the technical aspect, especially snatches, cleans, 
You guys are always telling me to jump. I do not jump. I just like I've seen your, <laughs> I've seen your feet leave the ground. I think a total of yeah. Two times. And if I do, it's like classes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the kettlebell side of me though, because it's always you, you don't jump, you, you just don't. swing it. So yeah. that's what I'm, I'm like swinging it, and it goes way out, and I catch it. But yeah, that would probably be at least the ones I can think of off the top of my head. But really, the mindset thing too, though. That, yeah. I mean, that's been the major the major change I've noticed in myself. Like physicals, that comes with time, but the mm-hmm. mindset really was like pretty instant so i just feel like a stronger more i hate saying confident because that can be mixed with Mm. cocky but i'm a little bit more confident myself i guess yeah i i love it and huge difference between the two Mm -hmm. um but no that i think that that is uh that is one thing that you learn and you gain in here Mm -hmm. is how to manage stress Mm -hmm. via we use our vehicles and you know a workout Mm -hmm. exercise the translation of that over into daily life yeah. is is far more impactful than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think that you know it until you know it. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that you like one day you're just like, huh, like I'm handling this way better than I used to or, or whatever the scenario mm-hmm. is, you know, at work or whatever. So, um, all right. Next question. What is one thing that you want to achieve in the next six months? And this does not have to be fitness related. Could be anything. I've always wanted to shoulder or overhead press my own body weight. And I've been trying to do that for like three years. And the With closest I ever got was 145. Okay. And I have to get 155. Now, six months, I don't know. But that would be a goal that's doable. at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's doable. And are, are you specifically talking about shoulder press, push press, push shirt? Just, just push, push shirt. press, yep. Push press? Okay. Uh, sorry, just strict press. Okay, shoulder yep. press. Got yep. it. Got it. Cool. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We can do that. But, I mean, just being consistent, that's another big goal for me. Just yeah. work is kind of, but. Outside of the things that you can't control. Yeah. I, I would say that you're doing really well and, and a lot better than you used to. Yeah. And if I'm not here, I'm doing it at home, like some kind of, I call it homework. And sometimes I sign in and, you know, put down my bench or whatever. Right. But the. The Metcons and stuff like that, I'm like, if I don't have the equipment, I'm not running around my dang neighbor. <laughs> right. And I'm not, like, I can't go overhead, you know, with any snatches or anything. I have to sit to do, you know, anything. Just because so. of the ceiling height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, last one. What is one piece of advice that you can leave with our listeners to help them in their fitness journey? What would you tell them? Like the T-shirt says, the hardest part is just showing up. You guys take care of the rest. Like, it's literally you just show up. With a smile, <laughs> ready, willing, and able, and they'll handle the rest. And that would be my biggest advice. Don't think, don't overthink anything. Just when it's nutrition, what shoes you got, just show up. So, yeah. And That'd on that note, mic dropped. Mic dropped. Peace out, everyone. Enjoy. We're out. <laughs>